I'm sure you've heard it said or even felt it when you come back from a vacation. You've said you need a rest from your vacation. And that's kind of where Ruth and I are. I'm not sure how much you know, but Ruth ended up for the last two weeks has double pneumonia, viral pneumonia and bacterial pneumonia and all other kind of stories on top of that. I'll leave that to her to tell you, but thank you for praying for her. We do believe she's turned the corner um, just weak, not eating well still, um, needing just uh, more rest and strength from God, but we do do thank you. Thank you for your prayers. It was not very good for quite a while. Uh, On another note, we need you to be praying and continue to pray at least as much as you remember. Fillmore Sr.'s mother uh, is 91 years old. Uh, She's visited here off and on. A lot of you might know her and remember her. She slipped and fell and has a brain bleed. Uh, I think she has other issues in her body that um, just doesn't fare well. Phil and Beth, I believe, are on the road or going on the road or already there, not sure, to be able to speak the words of life back into her heart and into her ear. So be praying that um, her heart is prepared. doesn't matter whether she's awake or not. I believe God can get through to a person. So please be praying for Phil's mother. All right. How is everybody? Okay. Yeah. All right. I've faced you before. I'm not afraid. Uh, We got on a plane Tuesday. It was 71 degrees. We landed at night, got up in the morning, and it was minus 17. 88 degrees difference. It's crazy. But even in the midst of that, how bad our two weeks were, I was thankful to be home. It feels great to be in the house of God with my family and friends. So we'll just see what the Lord has for us. Uh, This message comes from... Uh, meditating and diving into the various things of God while I was in L.A. Um, I believe it is absolutely essential. I have always believed that this is where uh, and what new hope is called for. And therefore, I'm always interested to see who the Lord brings to new hope and if they stay. It's the truth. It's just the plain truth. And it's called Standing on the Bank. Okay, Standing on the Bank. Now there was a time, there was a time when the Lord moved with great power and majesty across our nation, across the United States of America. It has been decades now since our nation has been influenced by the power and the majesty and the Holy Word of God in our nation. And now here we are in 2014, in the beginning of another year, and we can see the demise of our nation and the failing of our nation. So that took me to a text, which I found in 2 Kings 2, verse 13. It has to do when Elijah was coming to the end of his ministry, and Elisha was stepping forward. There always has to be a stepping forward. And I'm not sure if our nation has done this. Verse 13 says, He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. Now you should remember the story where Elisha was taken up with a fiery chariot that came down and Elijah was left there and the mantle of Elijah fell and Elisha was left there.
Now, I'll probably confuse those two names throughout the message, but you should know the Word of God and know who I'm talking about. Elijah, who left, is a type of the power of God. Through him, the miraculous was done over and over and over. Elijah, Elijah the Tishbite. Elijah means, my God is Jehovah. It also means, God is. And we need to have that in our character again today. But now he's gone. The vessel that God used to display this awesome power had been gone. It's left. It's back into heaven. God took him. This is where our modern American day church is. We're standing by the bank of the Jordan with a history of power that has swept through our nation, but we find ourselves now powerless. Elijah is gone. Now, Jordan, the River Jordan, always means a crossing over from death to life, barrenness to fruitfulness. God's promises are crossing Jordan. So Jordan always means coming to a death of yourself. Now, look, you can only hear so much truth. We strive to always give you truth. But you can only hear so much truth. There has to be a time in your life where you act on it. Or you'll become the Dead Sea, stagnant, no growth, good for nothing. There has to be an outlet. There has to be a say, okay, let's do it. I've strived for years, 40 years now, serving God, trying no matter what I do, whether it was a VBS children's program, a youth group, or pastoring a church, to give the truth. But if people do not act on it, it is useless. And we have developed a character, a characteristic in America of Christians who come to church and that's it. Got to be more than one amen on that. Is it true? It is. It's just true. And we were called for so much more than that. So you have been duped if you think this is that. It's a choice. And so we find ourselves standing at this bank. Every person that proclaims Christ as Lord and Savior is at this bank. And the question is, are you going to trust God to take me where I cannot go? Maybe even where I don't want to go. Am I going to trust God to cause me to walk in these impossible places that other men have? They just didn't get up one morning and say, okay, I'm going to be awesome in God. Something happened to them. They found God. They found the reality, the gospel, the truth of it, and it changed them. It changed them that the world didn't matter anymore. That all that mattered was Christ, and God hasn't changed. The changing has happened to you and I. Thinking that coming to church regularly, being somewhat committed, fairly awesome, is now the Christian. And we have 
We have been duped by that, and we're falling way short. God will cause you to do things that are unbelievably impossible for you and I to do. D.L. Moody was just a regular dude who loved God until something happened. He broke through. God came on him, and it was awesome. Finney, another one. Histories are full of Americans that have found this God. And something radically changed in their lives. The psalmist says in 143.8, and this has to be your prayer, it's been mine, it's been mine. After all these years, I'm saying, God, I know that what needs to be done, but to find it within me is impossible. And so the psalmist says, cause me, God, cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning. If God doesn't do it, Nate, we won't even hear God. God has to cause us to do this. You have to have an uninterrupted relationship with God, a communion with God that you can hear him. He'll cause you to do things. This kind of stuff is foreign to the American Christian and the American church. Cause me to hear. Cause me, God, to hear thy loving kindness in the morning. God, cause new hope this morning to hear this. Cause this, God. Cause this. Do something supernatural right now, Lord, in this church. Cause us, God, cause us to hear thy loving kindness, for in thee do I trust. Cause me to know thy way wherein I should walk. God, cause me, cause me. Cause me to know thy way wherein I should walk, for I lift up my soul unto thee, God. Cause me, Lord. We live in a world that has lost its way, in a church that's lost its voice. That's why the world is spinning out of control. The church has lost its voice. We're coming to church. Elisha accepted the challenge when Elijah was taken. When that which represented the power, the majesty, the glory, the the, uh, majesticness of God left Elisha picked up the mantle, struck the water, and said, Where is the God of Elijah? He didn't say, Where is Elijah? Where is Wilkerson? Where is Ravenhill? He said, Where's the God of these people? Where's the God of Hudson Taylor? Where's the God of these fantastic people that we have brought to you over the years? Ravenhill and even Jackie Pollinger. We watched film on her. So verse 14, it says, he took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Here he is again by the bank of the Jordan, which represents death. Death to self, death to your will, death to your future, death to your plans. And that's where we all are this morning. We're standing on that bank and we're looking at that river of death Death to self, death to your will, death to your plans, death to your future. 
The mantle has come down. The nation finds itself without a real move of God, without the power of God, without the influence of the strong word of God. The word mantle means glory. It means splendor. It's a type of the glory of God. Reality was a piece of piece of clothing, a mantle from the prophet, but that's what it represented when it came. This represents the power and the glory and the splendor of God. And so the mantle came and Elijah, Elisha picked it up. Verse 14, and he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, smote the waters and says, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither and Elisha went over. It was a cry of desperation. God, where are you in our time of need? It was a great cry, sort of a last resort. Lord, we're desperate. And when he had smitten the waters, the waters went apart. Now here we are, New Hope Church, thousands some years later, finding ourselves now. It's our time. It's our turn as we're standing on this bank looking at the waters of failure or discouragement or fear or impossibilities. And the mantle, it's a choice. Am I going to cross? Am I going to trust God? But, but I don't know how to swim. Are you going to trust? But, but where am I? Are you going to trust God? It's your choice. On this side of Jordan, where we've set up church, <clears throat> we have cute, neat doctrines. We have cold, unmoving principles of God. You must understand what I'm saying. Without the Spirit, God moving through this, this is what this becomes. It's the Spirit of God that gives life. Doctrine becomes cold and meaningless and unmoving. You must have the warm presence of God and the moving of the Spirit of God for life. We got our T's crossed, our I's dotted, our church is cleaned, our notes down, our sermons prepared. It's a cry. Oh, God! Where are you? Second Corinthians 3, 6 says, Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter killeth, but the Spirit give life. God, I can't have church like we've been anymore. Every Christian who wants the anointing of God has to come to this place has to come to the end of themselves, has to have this divine dissatisfaction, has to have this, there's something missing, right? There's got to be more, right? Has to have this. That's why I'm saying you got to call out to God and say, God, cause me to understand this. Cause me to hear this morning. There isn't any shortcuts for living in the fulfillment of God's promises. We've tried them all. We've made up some. We've pretended to have movements. 
We've lied about seeing the Spirit of God and the miracles of God. All shortcuts. All cold, lifeless movements. We must have the fire of God in order to even see. We must have the fire of God even to respond to the call of prayer. We just can't do it without it. We're standing on this bank. The power's gone. The moves seem to be dwindling and are ridiculous, silly, foolish. Hosea says, sow to yourself in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come. We have spurts of seeking, but not till he comes. Workelson would call it like a fireworks. Ooh. Wow. And God says, you've got to do this till he comes. Fighting through this pneumonia was horrible. Being totally transparent at times felt abandoned. Worse, 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 worse. Felt abandoned. But you have to say, it's not true. It's not true, Ruth. No matter what we feel like, how bad you're sick, no matter what's going on, it's not true. It's a fight. It's a war. To go from here to across Jordan because your flesh wants nothing to do with it. And the majority of the church doesn't want anything to do with it. Sow to yourself in righteousness. Reap in the mercy of God. Break up the fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord till He comes and rains righteousness upon us. It's a bulldog tenacity. No matter what. We don't seem to have that. Sometimes when the Word of God goes forth, it seems to have little effect. And if it does, it's because it's falling on fallow ground. That hard ground that will not allow the seed, the Word of God, to penetrate it and become fruitful. That hard ground that our hearts can become. Fallow ground is hard. It probably doesn't even want to be broken up. Doesn't want to be disturbed. Doesn't want to be bothered. It's hard and compact. They're begging for rain in California. Begging. I haven't heard anybody pray for it, but they're begging for rain. At one time, we drove by that fire you were hearing. We could see it. Watch it. Just going across the mountains. No water. No rain. No movement. No moisture from God. No heavenly dew. This is the truth. This is the truth. Walking into a store, I felt, I thought I felt a drip of rain on my ear. And it made news. People said, I felt, did you feel rain? They're starving for water, which is a type of the Word of God. Our nation is starving for someone 
to cry out and grab that mantle and to smite those waters in front of us that says it can't be done, it won't be done, it'll never be done. And that has always been the desire of my heart for this church, to be that church, to be those people. So God says, for it is time to seek the Lord. I don't know what that means to the American Christian. A moment of prayer, a time of silence, try to make Wednesday night. I don't know what it means, but it's all wrong. Because if the Word of God tells us that God has never changed, and His power is still abundant, and His mercy is still there, and His love is everlasting, you spin the bottle, who's it stop on? For it is time to seek the Lord. And we do it by truly seeking God, not ourselves. When we go to seek God, we pray for blessings. We pray for our back. We pray for our wife. Oh, that's not wrong, but you understand it dominates. When are we simply going to pray just for God? Till He comes. I don't know. Sometimes the older I get, the more frightened I become of thinking of seeing Him. For it is time to show. That word for it is time means it's time to break up that fellow ground. It is. It just is new hope. How long are we going to wait till our nation can never rebound? Till the water's over the dam? Till the baby's out the window with the bathtub? How long are we going to wait? Till he comes and rains righteousness on us. Tells us how long we should continue to break up the fallow ground and smite the water. Till he comes and rains. And I know, I know, I know what this sounds like, and this will sound really weird to you. I'm not calling for a prayer meeting. But it is a call. It's a call to know Him. We turn prayer meetings into social things. But a call, come! Come, God, come! A call to a hunger and thirst until He comes. Come! I don't know what else to do, God. Come! A hunger and a thirst. Let your goal be God and God himself, nothing else. Just God! Does it matter if you get this or get that or get... If you get God, you got everything. Let your goal be God and God alone. Not a blessing nor a healing, but God himself. Set your face to find him. To find him, truly find him. Not some cute cliche, Dre. Find him. Holy Ghost, you've got to do it. I can't do it on my own. This is what we've produced. But Holy Ghost, you can cause me to go over. Cause me. That's how tremendous things are done by people. God causes them. God moves upon them, people, and does tremendous things through their lives. Things that you and I won't even see, haven't even probably heard of. Who will be wondering, who are these people in the front row in heaven? I never heard of any of them. I didn't see them on TV. I didn't read a book. These are those that cried out, come, God, come. Seek the Lord till he comes. Go and pray and just say, come, 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 God. Jeremiah tells us 
You shall seek him and find him when you shall search for him with all your heart. Now, I know that everybody in here at some point in time in their life, maybe even this morning, has prayed. But I don't know if there's anybody in here from here this way that can actually say, with all my heart, I have. God, you've got to cause me to do that. There isn't a person that can do that. You've got to cause me, God. Like fire in my bones. Where I'm compelled. I have to. You see, that walk has been taken from. And the mantle's there. Laying there today. Waiting for someone to pick it up. Smite the waters. But the smiting that we do nowadays in America is to consume in our own lust. Joe the Evangelist, my bus is parked out back. You can bring your Bible up, I'll sign it for you. Blessed with a voice, I'll make records and maybe you and I can have a picture together. I mean, it's just what we... It's, it's unmoving principles of God. Doctrine right! Eyes dotted, T's crossed. If God came, if God came, do you think there'd be an empty seat in this place? The way our nation is, all the horrible things are going on, the shootings, the dying, the drugs, the pornography, the filth, all the illegal things our government, you think there's not a hunger for hope and righteousness and holiness and truth? They're saying, show me God. That's your job and mine. As the mantle lays on the bank. Waiting for someone, a nobody, who will remain a nobody, pick it up and smite the water. <clears throat> and seeking God, we must search for Him and carry out a diligent seek, search for directions, how God seeking Him, supporting our faith, how the Lord, how, come God, come, show me how. I believe that's where it has to start. We must continue to seek God. No matter how horrible the situation is, take pains in seeking God. Ten hours in the ER, two of those big bags of fluid going in the roof, I'm thinking, you know, she'll spark, she'll jump out of this in no time now. Worse and worse and worse. And all through that, you know what I thought of all the time, everything over and over, almost every day, even this morning, and I would remind Ruth, Ruth, remember Pastor Saeed. Remember him, Ruth. Forsaken for years in some dungeon cave because of his faith. Have you ever, I'm sure most of us have, uh, you go to pay a bill or something or whatever in hand, and you drop a penny or a nickel and it rolls somewhere and you hear it and you don't quite know where it went. The nickel's gone somewhere and you give it a haphazard and yeah, whatever. 
That's how we seek God. We do. Because the nickel is what? Five pennies. Five cents. Annoying. You get pennies and pennies in your pockets. Like well, what if you had a simple $100 bill? And somehow you got your keys and you know you had it in there and you dropped it somewhere? How would you seek? Now, that's only to make a point between the difference. The only difference is, is one's not valuable and the other one is. That's how we do with God. If we seek like a nickel, we must not think he's valuable. That we could do this pretty good. And I'm thinking, oh God, please. You've got to cause me to understand how valuable you are. And if I would say that to every one of you and give you a mic and said, please, just three words, tell me how valuable God is, you'd have great answers. <clears throat> but it's different from here than here. We search for God like for a lost nickel. I'm thinking, what's wrong with me, God? And then I start looking at the cause me. Cause me, God. So we must do this with our, our heart, this sincerity and uprightness with all that we can give God, even as polluted and messed up it is, with all the fervency that we can put forth, God, cause me! No matter how long it is, or no matter how worse it gets, Hebrews tells us simple, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. <clears throat> For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. In other words, it pays to seek God. He's a rewarder. At that moment in time, the nation was left without the mighty prophet of God. A void, a gap. We have had a void and a gap in leadership for years in our nation. Look where it's got us. We have had a void for leadership longer than that in the church. Look where that's got us. Where is the Elisha? Pick it up and to smite the waters without conditions. If I can I can I finish school? Can I marry this person? Can I do it? Can I live here? Can I make this kind of money? Do I have to just smite the waters? And it parted. And he walked across. And we know that Elisha, recorded, did double the miracles and power that Elijah did. I remember years ago saying, God, there's no more Elijahs. But the doofus that I am, there's the God of Elijah. I'm always here. And in Moses' his cry, Lord, show me your glory. You hope, do you really want to see the glory of God? Do you really want to see the glory? Because it will cost you. It will cost us. 
it's worth everything, but it's the total opposite of the life that we try to live as Christians. There's a song I want the band to come forward. And I'm sure it's an old song, but that's just the way I am. Things don't click into me till later in life. And that guy singing that song, I want to yearn for you. And I'm thinking, God, listen, I love God. I've been trying to be faithful to God all these years, try to give you the true word of God. And here I am saying, God, if you don't do it, I can't even yearn for you. I can't long. I can't hurt inside for you. God, you've got to show me your glory. I'm not giving you anything new. I know it. But we're still on this side of the bank. I want to see you like these other people have seen you. I know it cost them everything. But I want to see you like they saw you. I want this church to see you like they saw you, God. Lord, I want to be able to yearn for you that it overtakes all those silly, nonsense yearnings. To yearn, to ache, to long. God, I can't exist till you come. Come. Come, God. And when I get serious and start doing that, you know the next thing I start doing? Quaking. Fear. Oh my gosh. You realize what you're asking for. You realize what you're asking. Let's stand. Before you this morning is the Jordan. The altar, what's it supposed to be? The altar, a place for sacrifice, a place for death, a place for surrendering. You got to walk through the Jordan to get to the anointing of God so that you can hear God's plan for your life in this insane world that we live in. Now, you can fake it or you can mean it. That's up to God and you. But this is our opportunity again. Love altar calls, but it cannot be an unmoving, cold principle. It's got to be the real thing. I've got to. I've got to, God. You've got to give me a yearning for you. That's our altar. Spirit of God, we need you to open up the Word of God to us. We need to show. You need to show us things, Lord. You need to show us. Help us. Show us Christ in everything in the Word of God. Show us. Show us Jesus through everything that we read. Lord, give us a yearning for the Word of God. Lord, give us a yearning for God, for God himself. Lord, not godly things and principles, but for God himself. Oh, God, come. Come, God. Don't leave your children. Don't leave us alone. Come. Come, oh, God. Cause us to cross Jordan. Cause us, oh, God, to deny ourselves. And to trust you and you alone. That everything you have for us would be revealed to us. We wouldn't waste our lives. We wouldn't be a lot vexed with the world. 
Come! Come, God! <laughs>